0: That's good. I can see the little line moving and stuff.
1: Is the little line pumping like a heartbeat?
0: It is. That's what it's doing. It's like it's alive.
1: Yes. Uh, I, I guess it's time to get this show live. Let's go ahead and jump into it. I'm Jason, and he's Rich, and tonight's show is More Than Meets the Eye. See what I did there?
0: I did. That was good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just came off the top of my head. Because uh, we're going to talk about Transformers, and when I say Transformers, I mean real Transformers, not this Michael Bay bullshit. Let's talk about the good old cartoon, specifically specifically the movie that came in between seasons two and three of the animated series.
0: I'm ready for this. I'm ready. I have watched more Transformers than a 33-year-old man should.
1: Now, this is going to be a weird thing because I'm a huge Transformers fan, but even I have not been willing, (laughs) with the the time restraints of a baby and everything, to sit down and watch all of the Transformers episodes that they put up on Netflix. I I mean, I've watched... Probably like a dozen of them. But I think you're going to be the superior one with having seen these more recently than I.
0: By no means have I seen all of them. I, I'm not making that claim in the slightest. I've just seen a lot of them. And I, I actually do need to cram up on post-movie episodes.
1: Did you skip a lot of the ones that had shitty uh, previews?
0: I kind of I, I skipped through just to see if there were any extra characters. For a little while, and found myself sort of skipping back to to find um, if they were introduced in any way. Before you realise, no, of course these new characters weren't introduced; they were just suddenly there one day. Suddenly, there are kind of Structicons. That's fine. Okay,
1: that's that's not necessarily the case for all of them, though, because around about season two, they start to invent these elaborate backstories for some of them, Only like the some Insecticons. Of
0: them. The Insecticons I didn't mind so much. You know, they were. Decepticons before the Decepticons Crashed on Earth And then the way their computers taught them to deal with Earth Was to make them into bugs It's kind of an alternate evolution Sort of thing I, I like that idea That's That I'm fine with
1: The other one that they went with Quite often in the first couple of seasons Was Oh we found another Autobot That was frozen in the ice Or buried in a cave Or Somehow He's been sitting there All along And you just didn't know it We just found him
0: Yeah they do that a lot, and some, so many of them just turn up. Suddenly, they've got one that's a microscope, and suddenly there's one that's a camera. Suddenly, there are some more Autobot planes because they realize that there are no flying Autobots, or are there. The and, Stunticons. Yeah, just so many things. It's just like, where are all these coming from? And you, when they start doing this, you become painfully aware that you're watching a 22-minute toy commercial, and that's when it becomes harder to take because the stories aren't that great. It's it's really not a good quality cartoon. It's just the that here this week the Decepticons will try and get Energon Cubes from Energy Resource X and the Autobots will stop them somehow. That's it. That's every show. Absolutely even in when they have like, oh here are the uh uh insecticons in a backstory, it's still and so let's steal some en Ener- energon cubes and the Autobots will stop us.
1: And it's always the, the clever mad scientist theme of the week. Uh, this week, Megatron's using a weather machine to get what he wants. This week, he's drilling to the core of the Earth. This week, he's built a, a huge laser. This week, he's corrupted one of the Autobots and is turning them to evil.
0: Yeah, and if only Megatron just went back to the same energy resource twice and totally threw off the Autobots. Maybe they do it,
1: usually find a way to, like, destroy that source at the end.
0: They, Yeah, they usually do. I mean, there would be no energy left on Earth.
1: It's uh, very much a slash-and-burn policy with these robots.
0: And if only, if only in real life, mankind was putting as much effort into finding alternate energy resources as they do in the Transformers, because every <laughs> week there's a new, oh, now we've invented this massive solar power array, and then next week it's we're just getting energy from people's farts now. And every week there's a different new thing. And Hook
1: this tube up to your pants, Mr. Yeah. Witwicky.
0: And every week Megatron destroys it and those people just give up then. It's oh Megatron broke it. There's no solar power right ever again now. Like why just build it again? Idiot. Oh, it's they, it's they were really pretty bad. Pretty
1: childish setups and pretty childish uh you know premises for these shows but I Really, really like the character designs designs a lot more than some of the later iterations of Transformers.
0: I, to be honest, I didn't pay any attention really to the later versions of Transformers. I was too old for it then. I think, and I was unhappy with this. It went. Am I right in thinking they changed the quality of the animation quite significantly?
1: Well, over the years, they went to different types of animation. I mean, uh, you've got your CG stuff with stuff like Transformers, Beast Wars. And then later on, they do um, like more anime style. Sto- I, I know that's a stupid thing to say because Transformers originally was anime of the 80s. It, it did come out of Japan. And, it, and if, as a matter of fact, in early seasons, they were recutting a lot of stuff that had already aired in Japan and cutting it into different shows for American audiences. But um, I, I mean that they went with a more um, stereotypical latter day anime thing like. Uh, lower budget stuff.
0: Yeah, it's it's all very obvious. Some of the animation is appalling as well.
1: Well, some of it is very, very Hanna Barbera.
0: It is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I ju- I just see lots of frames where some uh, characters aren't coloured in, where they're coloured in <clears throat> incorrectly, various things like that. The movie.
1: Oh, that happens all the time. Just, all the
0: time. There, there's suddenly Optimus Prime is completely blue. I think that's just because that was the first layer of color that goes on there, isn't it?
1: We've got people in our chat room right now who are saying that they can't deal with with talk of the movie. And I just want to reassure everyone hanging out with us in the chat room at simplysyndicated.com uh, that we're not talking about Michael Bay movies. We're talking about the 86 movie, which is quite possibly the, the best movie ever made.
0: Called The Transformers?
1: No, the, the best movie ever made. Really? I mean, Screw The Godfather. Screw Shawshank Redemption. We don't need any of that over-dramatized bull crap. What we need is giant cartoons that's fighting each other.
0: Okay, I'm down with this idea.
1: <laughs> I yeah. understand. It's not Shakespeare. But at the same time, it's really, really fun.
0: I really enjoyed it, I must admit. I watched it again a couple of weeks ago and really enjoyed it. It's It's not like... The cartoon series, it, it kind of solves all the problems with the cartoon series because, first of all, it's better quality of animation because it's a movie and it's got a higher budget.
1: Even though it does have some really shoddy points.
0: that Towards the end, certainly, I think there's a few questionable frames, to say the least. Um, and it, it gets over the nobody can die problem, mainly by killing nearly everyone. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the the stormtrooper effect, where there's lots of people shooting lasers all the time, and lots of little points of smoke or steam rising off when people are hit. That's a that's a crappy thing about the cartoons. It was it was very much informed by U.S. television censors in the 1980s, where uh, if GI Joe's plane got shot down, you had to see the the pilot jump out with a parachute.
0: I right really.
1: Yeah, and then the movie was like, well, just screw that. We're going to kill a bunch of people so we can introduce replacement toy lines. And and they did. I think uh, think the kill count for Autobots is something like eight or nine of them.
0: It's most of the main characters, isn't it? One way or another. Some of them just get shot. Some of them get eaten by Unicron. Oh, but they, they survive because you just live in Unicron for a bit. Yeah. Uh, It was when they got shot and got killed that I I got the most satisfying feeling from it. It's like, finally, the weapons are effective against each other.
1: You know, the kill count's not as great as you might think. I'm just looking it up, double-checking here on Wikipedia. Uh, Among the Autobots shown dead on screen are Optimus Prime. Spoilers, Optimus Prime dies.
0: Isn't that a horrible moment? Because he doesn't (laughs) just die. You know, he he doesn't just die. He crumbles to dust after turning grey.
1: Right. It's it's like hey we're not bringing them back although they do. Uh, so Optimus Prime dies, Ironhide dies, Prowl dies, Ratchet dies, Bron dies, Windcharger dies, Wheeljack dies, and then on the Decepticon side, Starscream and Unicron and a couple others don't really die; they get uh, transformed. Yeah, which I know is a ridiculous way to say it, but
0: incidentally, I thought those characters were terrible. The the ones that become like a head floating on top of a long box. I remember a friend of mine had one of those as a toy and they were awful toys as well.
1: The Transformers kinda of went down a little bit in my estimation when they no longer transformed into things that were recognizable, but started transforming into things like UFOs and um, just really like uh some I mean, some of the early animal stuff like Prowl was really awesome, but later they got into like these weird like birds that turned into space shuttles and
0: yeah, they got a bit strange, didn't they? I See, I only had... I think I had two Transformers toys in total. And the rest was sort of a friend of mine as a kid.
1: I only had one. And I've told this story before on Atomic Trivia War, but let me just tell it here. Uh, guess which Transformer Jason's parents let him have because it was non-violent and didn't shoot any guns.
0: Oh, did you have the microscope one or, or Soundwave? <laughs>
1: It was the microscope. Yeah. Perceptor.
0: Perceptor, that's it.
1: Only one that they let me have. Now, I had lots of GoBots. But there was this weird double standard where Transformers were just one step more violent than the GoBots.
0: I always saw the GoBots was, it was a poor man's Transformers. It was was basically just a cheaper ripoff of Transformers.
1: I see where you're tempted to believe that, but it's actually the other way around. It's uh, the the Transformers were a rich man's improvement on GoBots because GoBots were out first. All right. Yeah. Research, Richard. I should do and, this. And GoBots, GoBots were Hanna-Barbera. So <laughs> that's part of the reason why they were so cheap. I didn't uh, know that. It was that. Very, much, very much Scooby-Doo animation.
0: I didn't know that. I had uh, the toys. I had a Megatron. I had a... Was it Sunstreak? Sunstreaker.
1: Sunstreaker, right?
0: Yeah, that was it. And his Uh arm came off. It was held, I remember this so clearly, it was held on with a, a little metal pin that was about a centimeter and a half long. And it just kept falling out, so his arm kept coming off. And that was the first time my parents started moaning about how my toys were all made of plastic instead of their toys that were all made of metal. Uh, I'm thinking that's because plastic was invented when you were buying me
1: toys. (laughs) I I really, really miss the days of metal toys. I don't think
0: I ever really had any metal toys. I had toys with metal elements on them, but never any actual metal toys.
1: What about Hot Wheels or Matchbox or whatever the equivalent would have been? Small uh, miniature cars.
0: I suppose so. I only had a couple of those. We had both Hot Wheels and Matchbox. Uh, Isn't Matchbox... No, I'm thinking of Corgi. Never mind. Uh, Same thing, though. Uh, Yeah, I only had a couple of those. I I was never big into the toy cars.
1: Those were some of my favorite toys. But the thing that was great about Transformers was that they were unfamiliar objects that could take the form of familiar objects. So as a, a little kid, you always had this little fantasy where you could look around you and say, Hey... You know, that car over there, that car could really be a robot.
0: You had such a wonderful imagination when you were a kid, you know, compared to me. Or maybe I was just... Don't get me wrong.
1: I didn't actually believe that it was a robot, but it was like a fantasy. It was like, hey, the things that are around me that are familiar, this is what I'm being sold on is the conceit of the show, is the things that are neat that are around me that I can reach out and touch could be something awesome.
0: I never got that from it. I just wanted the toys. I it worked on me perfectly as a kid. Really. I, I I even remember having the same problems with it that I have with it now as a kid. And it, it never created that real sense of fantasy in me. I don't even I don't remember playing Transformers or really with the couple of toys that I had. Perhaps that's why I never really got any more. They could see me not play with them. This was it's it's something that I think I remember more fondly as an adult than I felt than I actually felt about it as a kid. That that's that's what's kind of coming out for me now as I've watched it.
1: I think we're really seeing in the chat room here the uh, the the emotional connection that a lot of people had to these toys coming out because people are talking about all the transformers that they had. Uh, Mike is saying uh, that he had uh, Perceptor and Carlos is talking about, I might be getting this wrong because I'm trying to keep one eye on my notes and one eye on the chat room. When people are talking about they had Sunstreaker, um, Devastator, Constructicons, Grimlock, Slag, Snarl.
0: It was, everybody had these kids. These toys when they were kids, sorry. But I I think they were just shoddy. I don't remember, I don't still have them. Maybe there's people who still keep these things around and stuff like that. I don't. Oh, I don't know. I feel so downbeat on Transformers suddenly.
1: What would inevitably happen is that you would play with it for a few months and then it would get stuck mid-transformation.
0: I never had that happen. I I think... Did I forget how to transform Megatron? Do you know what? It was the kind of toy I was always afraid of breaking because they felt kind of fragile. And it's the kind of thing where if if you can't bend it the wrong way and break it on purpose, because there's resistance there. But sometimes if it's not manufactured 100% perfectly, there's just a stiff bit that offers that same level of resistance. I think I remember pulling the head off somebody's uh, Grimlock in that way, thinking it was supposed to move in a way it didn't, and that it was just stuck, and then it comes off in your hand.
1: Some toys like Lego have really, really precision engineering, and they have incredibly high standards of how they have to be durable and fit together and really locked together. And yeah, Mattel wasn't too vigilant about making sure that that was the case with their quality testing with the Transformers. They they did break down.
0: I I thought they broke a lot, you know, even again, even as a kid, I I just felt that there were easier toys to play with. They used to cause me stress. God. (laughs) God, what must I have been like as a kid? Transformers used to stress me out. Okay, I'm not going
1: to let you bring us down.
0: No, don't let me do it.
1: Transformers are too much fun. And Uh, I love this movie.
0: Now, yeah, I genuinely enjoyed the movie. Do you know what? You you talk about that sense of fantasy and, and and play and joy from this. The sort of Transformer suits that the humans had in this movie. Now, that was something... I remember now that I did use to, I, I, I would have liked one of those. Thank you very much.
1: A mech suit like Daniel used. Yeah. Those were pretty darn cool. Although I'm never really quite sure on the transformation of those because Daniel's suit transforms from robot mech mode into a car. And I always thought the way that it would have to bend would like break his arms off inside.
0: Oh yeah, they, you'd be killed horribly, I think, if, if you used one like that.
1: Transformers was never exactly too keen on preserving the physics of their transformations on screen.
0: Well, I think the problem was, was that if you were going to go down that road, none of it worked. Like, really, none of it worked. It's why a lot of the toys ended up not looking anything like the, the actual characters. Some of them were very good. Some of them were just terrible. Again, I'd cite the Megatron that I had. It was awful. It didn't look like Megatron when it was transformed. Uh, because they were, you know, restrained by physics and the real world, and the ca-
1: and conservation of mass,
0: <laughs> yeah, all of this sort of thing. They can't do what the cartoon can do, where Optimus Prime's trailer just suddenly appears and disappears. Where did it go? We don't know. It's not there. You never. They never walk past it, parked up somewhere, in the background. It just goes and appears, and so many bits of the Transformers. It just you couldn't make one in real life, and they proved it by trying to make one i mean and that's without dealing with all the mechanisms for making it transform on its own yeah which it just doesn't work it doesn't even i think they even forgot about all of that stuff for the awful michael bay films because again it just they don't work you can't do it they can kind of they what they do a good job of is making you believe that that robot was at some point that thing you know, when you see the Decepticons that are jet planes with their wings sticking out the back and all that, so you kind of okay, you you are you are a plane, and you're okay with that. Uh, you just don't, you can't think about. But where does your head go? And all that sort of thing, because it doesn't make sense. It never yeah. has.
1: Yeah. Uh, before we get into talking about the movie, I'm really curious to know: Are you a optimus prime guy or a rodimus prime guy because there was a big divide i remember playing with the toys when i was little there were some people who absolutely loved the latter g1 transformer stuff and i i kind of for me it ended after the movie like that was the arc that was the entire thing for me and i kind of trailed off in later seasons
0: I think I had a similar experience to you. Uh, I I remember the later toys just feeling much, no, being noticeably of lower quality than the earlier ones, and I I just thought uh, Rodimus Prime was quite an awful toy compared to Optimus Prime.
1: You know, I never really cared too much about the quality of the toys because that's not how my brain worked back then. A, a toy was a toy. I was poor, so whatever came along was magical, but um. The character on the show, I hated Rodimus Prime because he was just unsure. The, the, the awesome thing in the first two seasons and in the early part of the movie about Optimus Prime was that he always was confident that what he was doing was the right thing.
0: He had a great feeling of security surrounding him, didn't he? I, I must admit to being a much bigger Optimus Prime fan. Without a doubt. And Hot Rod, what did he transform into? Was it some sort of like camper van?
1: Uh, Rodimus Prime? Yeah. Yeah, Rodimus was like a Winnebago with flames on it, yeah. so it could go real fast.
0: How is that anywhere near as good as a massive truck?
1: I really hated it.
0: So, Optimus Prime all the way. He was a, jab- a jabroni, according Definitely. to Carlos. I don't know yeah. what a jabroni is. <laughs> like, like Rodimus Prime, I suppose. And now I'm now having to Google search jabroni.
1: Especially back in the 80s, the concept of a semi truck was a very American, very corn fed, very like USA, USA kind of thing. You know, as a little kid, that was something you could really stand by. It was Heartland stuff.
0: Sorry, say that again.
1: You know, uh, the concept of a semi-truck, something oh, right, that you could yeah. see on the roads all the time, uh, the American spirit, American truck drivers bringing yeah. you the stuff that you need. Um, It was just kind of like a, almost a patriotic thing, especially with this coloring, red, white, and blue.
0: I, I think the uh, equivalent over here would be, God, what's that haulage company that's quite famous? Well, I can't remember that. Eddie Stobart. He, if, if the Transformers were English, Optimus Prime would be an Eddie Stobart lorry, which would just be really crap. This is just we have we don't have the big roads and the big rigs like you guys do. They just don't exist here. You couldn't take them anywhere. Uh so well, the,
1: the biggest problem with the United States, and we've talked about this a couple of times, but just to put it in perspective for people who are listening now, um, the UK is a lot smaller than the United States. And our problem is getting stuff from A to B because we're so spread out. Uh, distribution is one of the huge, huge problems in the United States. So we have this continental coast-to-coast, Pacific to Atlantic system of getting stuff shipped around, and it's railroads, it's um, it's it's lo- you know locomotives and steam engines and uh, big trucks and planes, jumbo jets, all these things, and transportation is really surprisingly important to our national identity so something like the transformers i'm not sure i'm I'm kind of willing to guess that it stuck in our psyche a little bit more as as something that we could identify with more more so than in britain
0: i can understand that i do enjoy watching documentaries about your trains as sad and depressingly boring as that i don't in any way anyway care about trains but You occasionally I'm flicking through like the the documentary channels, discovery channel history, all that sort of thing. And you get this program about the biggest train yard in America. And it's the one where every train that goes across the country goes through this train yard and they do everything to do with trains. And it's a thousand miles across and 15,000 miles high and everything. And it's just impressive. It's not really that big, obviously. It's very big, though. I'd get lost or killed by a train.
1: I've been through Chicago's Grand Central Station. And yeah, I mean, it's like a city of tracks. It's it's ridiculously large. And I'm pretty sure I saw Morgan Freeman there. Pretty, but I doubt, sure. I, I doubt that he's a train conductor. So it's possible it wasn't him.
0: You never know. On his, <laughs> on his day off, what is it? Daniel Day-Lewis is a cobbler when he's not making a film. Right. Or right. something like that. So maybe Morgan Freeman just likes to ride the rails a bit. Chill out with his child girlfriend, wife, and uh, conduct trains.
1: But uh, Transformers was seasons one, season two, and then came the big theatrical movie. And then they came back for season three, and season three is where they got into a little bit more lore, and started adding replacement characters to replace the ones that were uh, were killed off in the movie. But did you have a favorite part of the movie, Rich?
0: Hmm. There were so many good parts of the movie, actually, but I I did quite like it at the beginning when when all those Transformers get shot. That that like I said, that was very satisfying. The you've got the touch moment is also
1: <laughs>
0: legendary. Really.
1: Oh, that's how I should have opened the show. I should have said, "I'm Jason, and I have the touch, and he's rich, and he's got the power." Oh, that would have been good.
0: Stan I'll, Bush. I'll edit that back in at the beginning. You do that. I'll do that. But I think I think it might have been that bit. There are so many moments like when the moment when he it gets the matrix of leadership gets passed to uh Brothers. Ultra Magnus. Oh to Ultra Magnus. And and uh Hot Rod's holding it and it just for that moment it's but it's supposed to be you and then it, he passes it on. It's like
1: He's no, the chosen one.
0: Not you. And you feel I kind of felt really bad. For Ultra Magnus, who is just killed instantly. Doesn't even have a good, hey, I'm the new leader moment. It's just, first time he has a fight, just shot dead. And
1: it, then put back together.
0: Yeah, that's just embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, for your first day on the job, as Autobot leader, following Optimus Prime of all people, and you just, you're taken apart in the first ten minutes. That's terrible.
1: So Ultra Magnus, played by Robert Stack... He, uh, he admitted right up front that he wouldn't make a good leader. I like that about him. There, there are some surprising moments of depth to some of these characters. Like, you wouldn't expect any of these stupid cartoon characters, you wouldn't expect them to have any more than one dimension.
0: No, of course not. I, but I th-
1: he, he at one point says, hey, I'm just a soldier. That's what I'm meant to do. If you need somebody to go into battle, I'm your guy. I'm not a leader.
0: I think this is just a symptom of the fact that it, it's a movie and not a TV show. It 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 does well out of that because it lets them go and put all this stuff in that ordinarily wasn't there. You could, you know, I, I can't remember what rating this movie was, if it was still just a U. Uh, Do you guys, you have U as well, don't you? What's
1: you have it? what now?
0: Oh, you, do you have, is it G? What's your, your absolute lowest everybody can see this movie film certificate? It would be G. G, right. That's as is a U what does the g stand for incidentally
1: general audiences
0: right as is universal
1: ah okay that makes sense that's same sort of thing it's a pretty good syn- uh, synonym but then we go pg which is parental guidance and pg-13 which is parental guidance under 13 which that's never made sense to me it should be switched if there's a restriction on one it should be you know flipped around and then you go to r
0: then it's straight to r after pg-13
1: yeah, G, PG, PG 13,
0: R. Right. And is there anything above R?
1: Uh, NC 17. There used to be an X, but that doesn't exist anymore.
0: Right. Okay. So NC 17. So that's your top. So something like Silence of the Lambs would be an NC 17. Not at all. No. It's, that's an old film. Might, an odd one for me to come up with. Hang on. Uh, I need to look. Let me
1: check it. I am pretty sure it's PG 13. It might be an R.
0: Let me bring up the iTunes store and I'll just bring up a movie that is clear. Because as is uh, you PG P, uh, 12A, which is pretty much the same as PG 13, but you've got to be 12, then 15 and then 18. And most films are 15. No, now most films are 12A. You get the occasional 15 certificate. And obviously nobody wants to be an 18. For further information on that i recommend the documentary this movie is not yet rated which you may well have seen
1: yeah it's really good uh gets gets my dander up
0: it does me as well it just makes me
1: angry because it really does shine a light on how arbitrary the entire system is in the u.s uh and how purchased uh silence of the lambs 1991 rated r yeah uh kind of surprising i don't know maybe i've seen the tv edit too many times
0: Maybe so, because there is a bit where he wears somebody's face.
1: It's pretty dark, though. You You don't really see that. Yeah,
0: but it's, you know, I I would think if anything gets you an NC-17 rating, surely ripping somebody's face off and wearing it is, is, you know. The
1: agent they find on top of the elevator, that's pretty freaky as well.
0: There's so many bits. I mean, come on. If you you were, like, the journalist turning up to cover the news story and it was somebody... Taken somebody's face off. You can't tell me you wouldn't be grossed out by that.
1: That's oh, hey, look at this. Rotten Tomatoes, 96% for The Silence of the Lambs. Uh, rated four stars out of five by Richard Smith.
0: That can't be me.
1: Yeah, it's your it's your uh, Facebook. It's Friend Ratings.
0: Oh, don't build my hopes up with stuff <laughs> like that. That's just cruel.
1: Friend Ratings. Whoops.
0: Oh, that's that. was that was mean. I thought I'd made it then. <laughs> I thought all my worries were over, but no. iTunes don't put their ratings on films. Maybe it's not important anymore. Maybe people just let the kids watch anything.
1: Oh, I really hope so.
0: Oh no, the in between is eighteen. Yeah, that probably is. Probably got. Did a... you
1: find a rating for Transformers the movie? Because I'm looking here. I one thing that I hate about IMDb is. Uh, layout is that it's really hard to find the rating itself.
0: Oh, hang on, I should just be able to just pick the box up.
1: Just one second. I'm looking down the damn page. Where is it?
0: Now, apparently I've put the box away somewhere and we could be all night with me looking for it, so I won't pursue that.
1: Um, I'm almost certain it's PG, because there is uh, animated death. Yeah,
0: it won't go up much. You'd have to really work at it to get it harder than
1: that. Although, this came out in uh, 1986, when the ratings were kind of shifting around, because it was around about that time, I, I think, that PG-13 was added to the system. There's there's actually a surprising number of movies that are rated G that today would be PG-13 under our current rating system. I
0: think we, we have a, a similar sort of set, situation. We didn't have uh, 12 until Batman came out. Uh, specifically for Batman. Maybe if I just search Transformers the movie certificate... Ah right, it's a predetermined search. Transformers. Oh no, that's the damn Michael Bay
1: one. Jaws, for instance, rated PG.
0: Yeah, that is still here as well. I think. Is that in iTunes? Jaws. Oh, it starts with a J. Idiot. Uh, come on. Oh, you can only you can only rent Jaws two from the iTunes Psst. store here. And that's a PG.
1: Nothing but quality there.
0: Yeah. I mean, arguably not the worst one, but it's not the original. Which is basically what the first review of it says there, apparently. More by this director, Supergirl. They've got Supergirl, but they don't have Jaws. Put some work in.
1: What did you think about the plot of Transformers the movie?
0: Interesting idea. Interesting idea.
1: It didn't stand out to you as just being Star Wars?
0: What, destroying the the big planet thing at the end?
1: It wasn't it just the death star coming to get you and a farm boy that had to become more than he was and kind of get the magic, get the power?
0: I suppose a little bit, but do you know what? It's a it, it feels like it's just the big slow moving thing is coming to get you kind of and that's there's a lot of movies like that it's Jaws that that it's almost Terminator as well yeah and things like that that is a story it's kind of I don't know I think there are people that would argue there are only so many stories
1: well the whole Star Wars thing is just Arthurian legend and you can you can read a lot of that into Transformers the movie too but did it strike you that there was a lightsaber battle in the beginning
0: very much so in fact didn't it just use actual lightsaber noises
1: I'm pretty sure it did, yeah. Like, very Uh,
0: seriously, you've sampled Empire Strikes Back.
1: Well, this was produced by Delorantis Entertainment, you know, Dino Delorantis. And his movies famously borrowed and stole sound effects like that.
0: Right, yeah. It was just, it wasn't even a close approximation. It was clearly just taken from the soundtrack of Star Wars.
1: But if you want to go further into the Star Wars thing, you've got your Darth Vader character complete with helmet and Megatron. With his purple lightsaber fighting the Obi-Wan character who gives up his life. We're talking about Optimus Prime. Mm-hmm. So that the up and coming Jedi, Rodimus, can get the thing that he needs, the force or the, the matrix of leadership, to become the next Jedi.
0: There's a, there are a lot of similarities there, it's fair to say. That, that, yeah, there's really no argument there. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It works as a story. It's it's a good story. You know? And it kind of... Something that it's not too bad with is con- it works if you've never seen the Transformers before.
1: Yeah. um, Although, because it stacked all of those good guy deaths so close to the beginning of the movie, I mean, it's it's like, what, 25 minutes in and you've got eight or nine of the people that you really like dying. Because that all happens in the first part of the movie, it's kind of hard for a newcomer to, like, really feel any kind of remorse for those deaths.
0: That's... Yeah, I I understand. Um, Mind you, I kind of feel like that didn't detract from it, because I, again, didn't feel any kind of remorse from these deaths, which was strange. I've, I've not really gained an emotional attachment to any of these characters again
1: through watching it well they've got some things going on you know against them first of all the whole uncanny valley thing because they're robots for crying out loud they're not people they're they're machines that look like people so it's a little bit weird uh second of all a lot of their deaths are impermanent like we already talked about ultra magnus bam you see them blown to pits and uh, bits and then like what three, three minutes later he's back again?
0: Yeah, it's dying in Transformers is like dying in Lost,
1: unless you're Optimus Prime. Yeah, but and even he came back. He in comes season back. Three.
0: So you know it. It may and there were all those episodes of Starscream's ghost and things like that. It's it's right, like Starscream Lost.
1: Scream gets killed dead in, in the movie and he's back and
0: yeah. Quite frankly, I'm surprised he survived until the movie. Although, if we're working on the idea that they hadn't created uh, effective weapons until the movie. No wonder the war raged on for so long.
1: Starscream is one of my favorite characters, though. Because he's that character who thinks that... um, He's the Lucifer character, right? He's the second in command that thinks he's better than the the one who is in command, and so he's constantly plotting to take over.
0: That's it, indeed. I love that. I didn't know that was the story behind Lucifer. I know. There you go. That's well, how religious into, I am.
1: Yeah, if you get into Christian mythology, it's Lucifer was the, the angel that was second in command in heaven to God, and he was like, hey, I'm just as cool as God, and that's why the whole heaven and hell thing started.
0: Right, I, right, fair enough. I can tell you that Vulcans go through the pawn far every seven years, which I would view to be as valid a piece of information as what happened to Lucifer.
1: Seems like this is a good time to bring up the Vulcan in this movie.
0: Yeah, let's bring him up.
1: Uh, Leonard Nimoy played, this is kind of difficult. He, he played Galvatron, which is Megatron, but after Megatron gets an upgrade.
0: Pretty much. That's not difficult to explain. That's really easy to explain. That's, that's I thought the same... I was going to have a harder time. Yeah, that is essentially all it is. <laughs> Megatron gets an upgrade, and then he's voiced by Leonard Nimoy, which is awesome. You can't go wrong with that. I see now the further point of getting him in the third Michael Bay film. He's someone else that has been in a Transformers movie. But, who, so, this is what I'm looking forward to in seeing season three, because I assume Galvatron continues to be in the TV show, but is not voiced by Leonard Nimoy.
1: No, they do their best to get a a sound alike.
0: So that's kind of the only character that that would happen to, am I right? Because none of the other characters are ever in the thing again.
1: Well, I mean, they definitely didn't bring Judd Nelson back. Yeah. Or Eric Idle or Robert Stack or Orson Welles was gone (laughs) forever, even though uh, Unicron showed up later in the series again.
0: Now, I was going to ask about that, actually, because I had memories of there being a situation where Unicron's head was attached to Cybertron. And I thought that was going to be in this movie, and it wasn't. So I can only assume that that, unless I'm making it up in my head, Which is entirely feasible.
1: Yeah, as as you well know, the movie ends with Unicron's head being the only remaining part of him and ending up circling or orbiting Cybertron as its new moon. Yes. And I I don't recall. I mean, like I was saying earlier, I kind of lost interest with the whole Rodimus Prime thing. After about season three, I was done as a kid with Transformers, and I have never really returned. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe the head reattaches, or maybe you're just conflating it with the Headmaster series, which came later, which was, um, you know how you were talking about the the human suits that they have for for Daniel in the movie? Yeah. And his dad? Uh, Well, later in the cartoon series in Japan, after the American run had ended, they had Headmasters where humans would climb inside the robot heads and then they would go on top of the Transformers and the humans could control them. That's really weird. It was actually a good series. I watched it. You can find an English translation on YouTube. Uh not bad.
0: And what sorry, what was that called again? The head-
1: headmasters.
0: Headmasters. That's That's really cool. That used to be my dad's job. He should have yes. told people he did that.
1: I, I don't think that uh you know, we we would call them principals or superintendents here, depending on on where you are in the country. I, I don't think headmasters would have been a thing in either Japan or the United States that so we would have conflated with either of those. But it's interesting. I, I never even thought of it as being that.
0: He didn't. He didn't like to go by that. He always preferred head teacher.
1: Head teacher. Well,
0: it, it's because that's more what it is. Yeah. Over here, rather than sort of, and the the master is a very old timey sort of. Uh, wartime England kind of job title. Oh, so over
1: here, we would be loath to include master in anything because it would imply some sort of slave underneath of them.
0: Yeah, but that's that's what that's why it was there <laughs> for us. That was the schoolmaster and all that sort of thing. And so that's why my dad didn't like it. It's like I'm not your master. Like, well, you should have taken that opportunity then. Oh, well, I'm I'm looking at the headmaster's opening credits thing. With all this crazy Japanese writing, which I wish I could read. I really do, but it's beyond me. I'm not even going to try. But this looks pretty cool, actually.
1: We have an update from the chat room, too. Carlos says the ghost of Starscream was helping Unicron's head to get attached to Cybertron. Because he could bring uh, Starscream back to life. But Starscream, as is his character trait, betrayed him at the end.
0: Well, that old Starscream is his own worst enemy, you know. That's that's his problem.
1: He always does manage to somehow defeat himself.
0: That's pre- that's precisely what happens, all the time. And he's got such a gob on him, as we would say here. I'll explain that he never shuts his mouth. Thank you. <laughs> gob would be a kind of northern English word for mouth, and so if someone you know someone you can be quite gobby, or uh, have quite a gob on you. And that's, okay, that's so certain negative things about
1: thing. Harry Potter are snapping into place.
0: Oh, right, yeah. That never occurred to me. Uh, but yeah, that's what that is. You know, if you ever come across things like that in films, save them up and, and feel free to ask me about them on a show. We the should, problem isn't
1: that. the things that I come across. The problem is that so many of them slip under me even suspecting that there's more to them.
0: Right, I see what like you mean.
1: Like, I never would have known to ask about Gabi until you just said it.
0: Right. I'll try and use as much colloquial Colloquial slang as possible.
1: Teach me, Rich.
0: That's what I'll try to mind you, but I can only give you Yorkshire stuff, and that's not exactly the best example of anything. Except Yorkshireness, yeah. You know.
1: Liam in our chat room has a good point. He says I always think the Autobots are very badly equipped to deal with the Decepticon threat, and I agree with him. I, I completely the, agree. The Decepticons totally should have won,
0: and and very early on. Very early on. Um. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I I don't understand how the Autobots ever beat them, because first of all, as I might have mentioned, their weapons don't work. They they apparently cannot kill each other, and so you you kind of get to this point where why the why do they when the Decepticons are carrying out their evil plan, and the Autobots turn up and start shooting at them. Why do they even fire back? Why why do they leave? They are just like what are you gonna do? shoot your gun at me, your flare gun. I'm a big robot.
1: Yeah, they should have just kept on working on whatever energon sucking machine that they had installed that week.
0: Yeah, or the Autobots should have just done it once and then nailed the Decepticons. Because this was the thing. The auto You never heard the Decepticons moaning so much about running out of power like the Autobots do, so, which is another one of those things. Sometimes it's a problem. It's a problem when it serves the plot that it's a problem. Suddenly, oh, they're low on energy, and they can't fly or whatever. You know, it's just—it's really bad and it grates on me. This is not the movie, though. Let's go back to the movie, and it's—it's it's wonderful soundtracks and everything.
1: Uh, so, do you have a favorite character from the movie?
0: I actually like Unicron. I'm going with that.
1: And why do you like Unicron?
0: Because he just, it's, it's so dumb, right? What he, there's the one thing in the universe that can destroy him, right? And he's so determined to carry on munching planets that he decides he's going to destroy this thing. What he could do is just fly in the opposite direction of Cybertron forever.
1: It's the willow problem. Yeah. Queen Bath Morda could have just ignored the child. You know, the, the the child that was prophesied to, to to bring her down. But no, she had to go and get him. And going and getting the child, she enabled him to defeat her.
0: That's the problem. It, it's it, the Willow problem. Yeah. Uh, yes. Apparently, there's a similar issue in the Harry Potter stories. Well, in fact, not apparently. There is a similar issue in the Harry Potter stories. Uh, which isn't too much in the film, if at all. But it's definitely in the books. How are you on your Harry Potter?
1: Uh, I've got them all here on the shelf behind me.
0: Yeah. So am I Am I right in thinking? Yes, because there's all the stuff. I think it's in half... No, it's in... It's in the last book, where they revealed that it was, uh, it was Voldemort that decides that it's Harry that's going to destroy him, but actually Neville was born on the same day as well, and it could have just as easily have been Neville Longbottom. And it's just that's what Voldemort decided. So Which he made I- it so...
1: I've always thought that that would have kind of been an interesting twist. If they would said, oh, all this time you thought you were fighting Harry, and then Neville just shows up and bl- blasts the shit out of him.
0: That would have been a good way of doing it, actually. And he kind of get, gets his hero moment at the end and stuff, but... Yeah. Yeah, that would have been good. Think on that, what's your face? can't remember a name. Who wrote, <laughs> who wrote those books?
1: J.K. Rowling. J.K.
0: Rowling. It just went. It was gone. She's hey. yours. I know. Well, she's not mine.
1: Oh, I think she is. You have to take responsibility. Your country spawned her.
0: Hey, it's all right. She's the richest woman in the world, isn't she, or something?
1: Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'm not even going to speculate on that one.
0: I think No, I think that's actually the, the truth. I'm, I heard that at one point.
1: This sounds like an Atomic Trivia War challenge. Challenge accepted, Rich.
0: Richest woman Google, in, I go. in the world. Oh, now there's something. Australians, Australia's Gina Reinhart is the world's richest woman. Making nearly $600 a second.
1: Oh, but sorry. It looks a... like I have something newer than yours.
0: Oh, right. Mine's, uh, mine's 24th of May this year.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Um this one is Forbes 2012 List of Billionaires. Oh right. Uh 21 women billionaires in the world. This says Christy Walton. Right. Source of wealth, Walmart, United States.
0: Oh, that's a good one.
1: The widow of John Walton. She inherited his fortune of 15.7 billion. What what did yours say?
0: Uh what she worth? 29 billion. Oh. Oh, got wait, it. no, hang on. No, that's Australian dollars. 28 billion US, 18 billion pounds.
1: Yeah, this says Christy Walton's increased her net worth 25.3 billion as of March 2012. So your, your Australian young lady certainly has her beat.
0: Yeah. She's, she's 58 now. And quite plump. I'm being polite. Where were we? certainly not talking transformers <laughs> no. i think i dragged us off quite far then i'm sorry everybody i'd like to apologize for that
1: is this movie hard to talk about yeah it kind of is it is
0: because there's not that much to it it's just better than the tv show it's definitely yeah. worth a watch i would i would recommend watching this
1: just turn your brain off this is not something that you need to treat with too much critical uh too, too much of a critical eye because you've got giant talking robotic dinosaurs and My favorite character, Devastator, which is basically a giant King Kong. And you've got cities turning into robots and robots turning into cities.
0: This has occurred to me, something I should do for our website, for our Remastered page. I should put together a a page that is a list of all the recommended 80s movies by Remastered and then links to these on Netflix and Amazon and stuff like that. So then maybe people can watch along.
1: And I like the idea of us trying to challenge each other to see the ones that we haven't seen. I Because to... I know that there there are definitely some 80s masterpieces that I have missed.
0: I need to uh, challenge you with something, then. Because as far as I can remember, there's this and the other one was Red Dawn that we've talked about. And oh, that... We
1: talked about The Outsiders, too, which you said you haven't seen, right? Yeah,
0: I still haven't seen that. Did we... Find out whether that was on Netflix.
1: It's not, sadly, no.
0: Right. Oh, well, I, God, I'm crushing my computer by trying to load Netflix. Uh.
1: I know, it does take a while to pop up. Uh, instantly streaming on Netflix is Top Gun, which I know you haven't seen, so we've got to get you caught up. Top Gun.
0: Top Gun? I've seen Top Gun.
1: No, you haven't. No, we've got to watch it.
0: What? What? What do you mean?
1: You've never seen Top Gun. We have to watch it for the show.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, I see what you're doing there.
1: Yeah, we yeah. should watch it.
0: The crap I put Allison through the last couple of days, one more wouldn't hurt. I've been rewatching original series Star Trek.
1: Yeah. People think that I'm a heretic when I say that it's really, really bad now, but I'm sorry, it just is.
0: Some of it's difficult. Some of it's really difficult. And I'm, in, I'm only in like the first five or six episodes as well. So it's, it's pretty chunky to say the least. It's, it's not good, but at least on Netflix, it's the HD enhanced versions. So I'm seeing those for the first time and they're really, they're really good. It's a great example of how you can improve something.
1: One thing that I wish Netflix did do easily for you, and and maybe there's a, a toggle to do this and I just haven't found it, but is there any way to force it to just show you movies for a certain year range? Once in a while, it will automatically pop up with, hey, check out these movies from the 80s. But I I can't find any way to force it to give me that when I want it.
0: Kind of, yes. Hang on, let me just bring it up. So we'll we'll just wait a few hours for me to... So, For for
1: example, right now, I've got political movies from the 1980s. And that's not going to give me what I want.
0: I think if you go into a genre, any genre, and then click see all of it, and then change it to be a sortable list, and then you can sort by year.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I knew you could do that. Um,
0: that that's the closest to it. Yeah. And I see the 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 latest film on the action and adventure section is Nazis at the center of the Earth. That Netflix
1: has some good stuff. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, that just grabbed my attention. It's got Jake Busey in it. Whoever that is. I think I know who that is. Anyway, Hobo with a Shotgun. There's some good stuff in this section. That's what you can do, I think. Uh, and then just look at the '80s stuff.
1: We'll find some stuff when we're done talking about Transformers. Then, after we're off the air, uh, we'll we'll definitely challenge each other to see some '80s movies.
0: Okay, cool, cool. I think we should put call a time on this one anyway, because we we have finished talking about Transformers the movie, <laughs> if we're honest.
1: The sad thing about it is that I love it so much more than there is to say.
0: Look, if podcasting and podcasting about movies in particular has taught me anything, it's that there's a lot of films like that. There's. I mean,
1: I, we, we could go through the cast list and talk about how it was Orson Welles' last film, and he hated it, and Scatman Crothers was in it, and now he's dead, and Casey Kasem was in it, and he was Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. We could do all that kind of stuff, but... um. Yeah, I just don't think that there's a lot to be gained from that.
0: No, there isn't. You're absolutely right. Uh That's yeah, you've that's why it's so hard picking movies for movies you should see. It's not about picking a good film. It's about picking a film you can talk about. And it's it's very difficult. I I think that's where a lot of listeners get frustration with when you get emails saying, like, Can you talk about such and such a film? It's really good and You're like, No. I know it is really good, but that We can't talk about it for an hour.
1: Yeah, people have been begging you forever to do Star Wars. And I'm sure that there's nothing that you can possibly say about Star Wars at this point that would be engaging.
0: The, yeah, what, what do we have to add that hasn't been said about Star Wars? I mean, we always talked about doing an actual, like, doing all six films and just selling it. Uh, and that kind of fell by the wayside. I think there's just, there's honestly, just nothing further I have to say about Star Wars. And I certainly have nothing revolutionary to say. I have no insider knowledge or anything like that. If you want to hear about, just go and watch Star Wars at this point, really. You know, do you need me to recommend it to you?
1: And it's very much a problem with Transformers, because I could sit here for the next hour and throw trivia at you. Stupid, mundane fucking trivia about the, the, the movie and the series and all that. But it's, it's, it's only interesting to the people who already know it, I think.
0: Yeah, I think so too. So you can go, oh yeah, I didn't know that. that, Yeah, it's, it's meaningless if you didn't see it already. It's a difficult thing to do. It really is. Gosh, I need to think of some further changes to the Movies You Should See format before we bring it back. This just highlights a lot of problems that we still face. It really does. I think this is why nobody has ever made a show like Movies You Should See before. Because it's really hard and it's not always working well. I think that's the problem. And you get through films you can talk about really quickly. So, anyway. Thank you for listening, everyone. It's been a pleasure to do the show for you. And thank you for you guys turning up in the chat room. We record the show live every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Eastern time.
1: That's right. 7 p.m. Right now it's Eastern Daylight Time. And we won't have to worry about that switching until October. But that is, I believe, what, midnight time exactly in your time zone, which is?
0: British summertime, British summertime at the moment. Summer
1: summertime, okay.
0: And 1 a.m. in Central Europe.
1: How does British summertime correlate with Greenwich mean?
0: It's an hour later. Okay. Or an hour earlier.
1: We start at 11, Greenwich mean? Right. Okay, an hour later in your time zone then.
0: I think so. It's midnight when 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 it, when you when you put the TV on and the little clock on it says midnight, or your computer says mid, that's when we're doing the show, <laughs> right? That's whatever it is. It's midnight. Watch my Twitter as well, and the Simply Syndicated Twitter feed. Uh, there are links on the website to both those things, so uh, go and check those, out and you'll find out when there are live shows and when they're happening and that sort of thing. You get warning, not much of one, but there's a warning. I think Um, we also could do with your help with some donations. People have been using the store again recently, Jason. I think I've mentioned it enough. People have remembered it's there.
1: The store is great for going back and catching up on things that have disappeared already from the feed.
0: Absolutely. There's there's loads of stuff on there. There's loads more to come. Uh, I'm currently in the process of rebuilding the store so it works more quickly which is proving very difficult because I'm way out of my depth dealing with server stuff. And well, we'll see how well that goes. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's how we make our money. You know, you buy things from us. I think that's fair to be honest. You see, I th- I think that's fair. Um, it's,
1: it's very much a rent to own um, kind of model where it's, Hey, listen to all this for free as much as you want. And if you want to own it forever, you can toss in the stupidly low price. What is it like? like a pound which is like uh what 75 cents
0: there's all kinds of different things that you can uh, pay with it it's sort of there are a series of stuff which is sort of a tenor, 9.99 and then down to like a pound an episode so there's loads of stuff and you don't have to spend a lot of money and it all helps us out that's it's awesome so go, go and check that out that's actually at com, which is part of my frustration with it it needs we've got a new URL for our store which is going to be simply syndicated shop.com. Which makes a lot more sense, wouldn't you say? Yeah, um, it's a lot easier to remember. Yeah, so uh that that's where the new store is gonna be. But it's gonna be pretty much like the existing store, only look nicer. We can with,
1: also finally say that it's SSS instead of just SS and you can get away from the whole Nazi thing.
0: Exactly. Never name your company. Like we have. Never do that. Not a good idea. Okay, then, everybody. We'll be back next week with another show. Catch you later. Bye-bye. Adios.